0: You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world, we're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry.
1: Welcome to to Electric People.
2: We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl.
0: Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People.
2: What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Electric People. We have Vivent Solar's very own most interesting man on the planet (laughs) in our studio Mm -hmm. today, Mr. Terry Xanthos, AKA Backup Terry. What's up, man?
1: Backup, Ty. Hey, thanks for having (laughs) me. I love that you reciprocate the (laughs) back. I know, I always do that.
2: For our listeners, if you haven't done it, go to YouTube, type in Backup Terry. You'll get the reference.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's nothing about our guest, but it will make you laugh 100% of the time you watch it.
2: Which is similar with our guest. I always have a good time around you, Terry. I always learn something. I always have a, uh, an epiphany that you are the most interesting man at Vizit Solar. <laughs> so excited to get into your story. Awesome. How's life been for you? You just got back from New Zealand.
1: Oh, man, that was amazing. It was the best trip ever. Your I've been all fun. around the world. And yeah, my wife had fun. And I've never been on a trip like that. Yeah. It's just awesome. I would live there.
2: So 377 career installs. You've been a DM in three different markets. You've worked in two different channels for us. Mm -hmm. and in uh, at least two different states. So you're pretty well versed, man. I'm excited to get into your story and a little bit about what makes you successful and what's made you the most interesting man here. But for those listening, uh, Terry's in the franchise, so you get to go on all the good trips. So most recently, the New Zealand trip.
1: Yeah, New Zealand was awesome and I I got to stay for an extra three days. Um, And I did things um, during those three days that I would have never done in my lifetime. It was just Unreal. Chance was with us and you know, Kevin and, and Devin and John. Um, it was just awesome. Did you get to stay for amazing. those extra three days? No, I didn't get to stay yeah, for those I didn't extra either. three <laughs> days. I but
0: didn't that's okay either.
2: because if guys like Terry like I actually really appreciate that about Vib that's the treatment for the athletes.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. Like, I wasn't saying that as a dig. I'm saying that as you have to earn those extra three Or like three you days. would have
2: felt bad if I got to do it and you didn't. I was to actually it. hoping <laughs> for something like that to <laughs> come out. Yeah. Like
0: you didn't know that I didn't get to do the first three days and it yeah. came out. Yeah. But no. that's one
2: of the things I like about uh, the company and direct sales is you know direct sales guys earn really well, but I think everybody in the industry is a fan and supportive of those experiences. Like mm-hmm. to have you with your wife. Uh, in New Zealand, I mean, there's helicopter trips, there's these scenic tours, there's people are driving race cars, they're bungee jumping. They're, I mean, it's just the most unbelievable. unbelievable. You know, we're 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 taking pictures at these like suspended waterfalls in the mountains. It was, you have people diving for lobster. Did you for bungee? You. Did you bungee or? I uh, did, but
0: my wife did. Yeah. Your I wife was did. Very impressed. Wait, you let your wife bungee and you didn't do it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I. Uh, I can't afford to take any risk, you know. This, <laughs> this job is awesome, <laughs> and I can't miss a beat. So I didn't want to take
0: the The risk. swing? You didn't do the swing? You didn't do that? I didn't do the swing? swing. No, I did. You know? Yeah, I didn't do the swing. What about the helicopters? Did you? Yeah, go on? I, d- I went on the helicopters.
1: Did a helicopter? Ride? Yeah, that was amazing. Which That's is far right. more dangerous than the swing and the bungee jump. Just so You know. What Doesn't about the boat? Dangerous, the boat in the river? Mm-hmm. Like the speed Yeah, boat? we did that. That was amazing. That was so much fun. That was crazy. I love. Uh, I love Taylor Judd's expressions in (laughs) that video. In the video. Oh my gosh.
2: I was dying. But it's great because um, I always get to see you. You always make it a point to earn those trips. And that's one of the things that I love about the industry is, and sometimes people don't get this. Like uh, they often look at, you know, hey, it's all about the temporary pay structure here or there. But man, I always say there's two reasons to work in direct sales. And you have to find a company that lines this up is the opportunity to earn which you're maximizing right now and the opportunity to experience because with the money you earn, most people would invest those in experiences anyways. And, you know, on this last trip, I was looking around and been like, I don't know that this is something that one, I could have coordinated. I wouldn't have had access to nine helicopters no. and all you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but number two, I don't know that I would have sp- like spent the money on it. And so with a company that would turn around and mm. give you that experience and you're always there, you're always like,
1: well, that's my goal. It's, it's funny you say that because um, I was telling my team just yesterday um, after Tribe uh, Live that we had um, that uh, my goal every year is to make the trip. And that's my goal. That's the ultimate goal. So I went to Thailand. I went to Tahiti. Last year I went to Fiji and now New Zealand. So all four possible trips that I could have gone mm. to, I've gone to. And, and that's the goal. And that's how I reward my wife. Uh, my goal is to take her and and because she puts up with a lot with this job. And uh, you know, as far as time goes, um, because um, <clears throat> I'm trying to make up for, for lost time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a recent video that, that was published, you know, like you In can buy back time go. with this job. I love That's that video. And that video is about me, I mean, by the way. So, and and I feel like I'm making up for lost time. My goal is to work at Vivin Solar until I'm 60. Uh, but my goal every year is if I make the trip, that means I did well. Mm-hmm. I had a great year if I made the trip. Yeah. How, and long, so that's how long have you been with us? So since August 2015. So 15, it'll be so five 40. years this August. Okay.
0: Yeah. And you said you're 47 now? Uh, I'm 51. I started 51. when I was 47. Did you started? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a grandpa. So does that, <laughs> you said your goal is 60. I mean, that must give you an incredible sense of urgency with the job. For sure is that do you feel like that plays a huge role into the way just you just approach the job in general and and how can you help somebody replicate that urgency
1: well um what i do is is uh i mean i came to work like when when nick hansen hired me back in 2015 he said i'll hire you under one condition that you promise me that you'll be all in and i've been all in since that day uh, since the first day the on the job and so before um, you go further, yeah, path,
2: I can tell that about you. You have kind of like a mental calm about you that doesn't that doesn't flutter with the industry. Because mm. a lot of people they do it for now and then another shiny object pops up. But I think your ability to be all in—it's cool that you articulate that, and it's cool that Nick said that to you at the very beginning. Oh, that was awesome. Because think of the storms you've weathered mm-hmm. that you just haven't had to give much like fleeting thought to because you committed early.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm all in no matter what. Like, I'm not going anywhere unless they fire me, which they won't be able to, because... Because <laughs> you're too valuable when um, you do it the right way. I do it the right way. And so um, so my plan is to be here for another eight and a half years or to a thousand installs. That's my goal, like truly. I always say that, but it's it's true. Um, cool. So that's... And I feel like if I do that, then I'm set for life.
2: It's cool to have people... Like, somebody, I was recruiting someone the other day, and... Uh, you know, they were talking to a, a dealer outfit, and they're talking to us, and th- it was funny because he said this dealer. When he was talking to them, he said, "We don't know how long solar's going to be good, and we don't know how long we'll be able to earn well. So I'm just going to do as much as I can." And then I was like, "We don't talk that way here. I'm mm-hmm. going to be here for 10 to 15 years. You're looking at, you know, Adam's saying a sense of urgency, but that's nine years, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people can't see next year, yeah. right? I think." I think that's a real benefit to to having long-term success is being able to get in there and say, okay, listen, this is going to be a little bit bumpy, I'm sure, at times. But when you when you play the long game, you start to have stats and and highlights like you have, you know. Yeah. Um, so you said that video is about you. Um, why? And maybe for the people that haven't seen the video, describe describe the video.
1: So the video is about. Um about a guy who, uh, at first, they start um, showing him, and he's got this ordinary job in a cubicle. Uh, goes home, um, and there's a collection bill from a from a medical um, source, you know. Um, and he, uh, you know, his wife. He's really calm, and he's like, "Okay." And his wife's really calm, and we'll get through this, you know. And we'll we'll try to make it. And then next thing you know, he's leaving. Uh, he looks at his um, a and Solar card that somebody left him. Somebody was um, trying to recruit him and gave him their card. He looked at it, and then next thing you know, he's leaving the job with some boxes and going into a Vivint Solar office. And um, you got the two clap and everything going on, and it's all exciting. And he starts knocking. Uh, So this is after he was trained. He knocks, Um, he starts, um, you know, things don't go his way you know, and he's not getting in any doors, but he just keeps going, keeps going, uh, shows them at home in the evening, and then then he finally gets into a door, you know, and then he gets into another one. And then he looks at his paycheck and his, you know, it, you could tell it changed his life. And so the theme of the video is that um, you, can, you can roll back time with this job. And so I feel that for every year I work here, um, I can make the same income as I would anywhere else working three or four years. And that's what I mean by catching up. So I didn't, I didn't um, have the best financial plan and things like that and set myself up or my family up for the future, like I should have, uh, even though I was an entrepreneur for so long. Um, but I feel that this job is, is helping me catch up so that I can do that. And, and it's, it's, I'm on track, you know, and uh, the key is consistency. Um, I've been consistent and I, I work really hard it's the hardest job I've ever had but the most rewarding and I don't even feel like it's a job but it is it is hard I mean i'd be lying if i if I told somebody that it's not hard every interview I'm like this will be the hardest job you've ever had but the most financially rewarding job and plus we get to help people and that's what I love about it too yeah that's great
0: so you were you started this job at age 47hmm <laughs> you mentioned before we started that you were an entrepreneur your yeah. whole life basically, right? So right. What were some of the things that uh, you were trying to do? Maybe just give us a brief rundown of like some of your successes and maybe some of your failures you had along the way. Uh, just the highlights.
1: Yeah, so so the first um, the first company I started, was a company called Sonic Garden, and it was a music store, CD exchange mm-hmm. in Provo, and then also in Salt Lake on 9th and 9th. Um, and like at a brick first- a and mortar uh, record shop? It was like a record sh- a CD store where you go in and you trade in your old CDs mm. and then get a new one and- This is, wait, what year? This was in 1993. Uh, I used to go to those this yeah. all like all the time. This is like my
0: middle, I mean I'm showing my age here, yeah. but everyone knows. <laughs> I'm you know right behind Terry. Yeah. But uh, that was my middle school years, and we had one of those. We had uh, gosh, what was it called? Ours was Second Time Around. So we ours was something with a whale. Yeah, Graywell. 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 That was yes. our competitor.
1: Graywell CD Exchange. Oh, and there hate was those guys. there was also Tom uh, Tom Thumb. I think. Yeah. Yep. You guys had the yeah. heavy metal shop up there too. Yeah, there was a head modified, and uh, there was some heavy metal shops and Crandall Audio. Um, that and was a Terry good scene. Was part of the scene. Yeah, man. But this is before the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can download music or anything and, and then media play start come along and things like that. So so it got to the point where where I um, needed some financial backing because I, I just did this with like a credit card and $5,000, I opened up a store, hired all the X96 radio station guys and we did, uh, they were working for me part time. So we got to have some really cool in-store shows and stuff. Um, Wait, and you're married at the time? No, I wasn't married at the time. Okay. Who's your so, best
2: in-store show?
1: Uh, so my best in-store show was Pearl Jam, and my second what? one, yeah. This is Pearl Jam. This is the kind of stuff that's that how I comes got to out. know him. Yeah. What? He's and then like, s- So I'm
2: texting with Eddie the other day. Yeah. No, you, you didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not Eddie, but Jeff. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So I've never texted Eddie, but yeah, Jeff. Um, I do have a picture with Eddie that that Ty has seen. You could have um,
0: told us you text Eddie, and we could have. Yeah,
1: I know. could have <laughs> yeah. that. No, but it was cool, and then Big Country was really fun, um, and then um, mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots—that was amazing too. So this is like grunge era. Yeah, this is oh. this. Yeah, this was amazing, and and this is when Pearl Jam um, had their album called Ten. Mm-hmm. So um, so then I was uh, I needed funds, and and there was one of our customers say, Hey, I know this guy. His name's Todd Peterson. He owns a company called Creative Marketing, and he sells um, pest control. He hires uh, people to go out in the summer and sell pest control. I think they had a contract with Terminex So I met with Todd and Todd um, Liked what I was doing and he said here's thirty thousand um, dollars It's kind of embarrassing because he's he's the founder, you know of Vivant. and I actually um, blew through the money and eventually we closed shop when when uh, the internet came out and media play started getting big and all these things so one day I'm going to walk into his office and hand him a $30,000 cashier's check. And that day is coming soon. But, um, and so it's, it's a little embarrassing. I mean, you know, like I have really cool stories and that's one of the sad ones, but, um, I did get to meet him, uh, when he was starting, um, you know, at the early stages of his, of his career, which was amazing. And so, uh, and I did get to talk to him, um, after that a few years ago in Utah and, um, and it was all good. So he's he's an amazing person. Somebody I've always looked up to. One of the reasons I inquired about Vivin, because um, I I love what he's been doing.
0: I feel like you're you're sort of glossing over it a little bit. But opening a store like that, that's like one of those like bucket list dream ideas, right? Like one day I'm gonna open up a music store. I'm gonna do this. Like that's one of those like dream chasing ideas. Yeah. And then to go get money from somebody and then lose it and have to close up shop, um, I think you're kind of glossing over probably how hard that must have been. So, So my question is, one, um, how do you, because mentally that can send you down a dark path, Mm -hmm. like having to do stuff like, you know, having to do something like that. How do you bounce back from that and how do you kind of circle the wagons and then keep going? Well,
1: I, you know, my wife is, is who I need to thank for that mostly. Um, she's, she's so smart. When she went to BYU, she was like the top, um, graduate out of the college of biology and got accepted, uh, to a PhD program at the university of Minnesota. So, so about a year after this, we moved to Minnesota and she convinced me to keep being an entrepreneur because I didn't want to be one. I was going to go work for a company, you know, like some uh i think my father-in-law was helping me with um i forgot what they did um oh, i think it was like wilson tools or something i was going to go work for them and and i didn't want to be an entrepreneur and yeah anymore. you got burned right I mean, yeah you got i did hard so
0: it's like you don't want to you know like i don't need to be told twice this is a hard life to yeah
1: take. yeah so she convinced me to keep going and i decided to open up a smoothie shop so i opened up a smoothie shop on lake and hennepin in the busiest corner of minneapolis and I know and, Hennepin. That was yeah. the
2: first uh, market I managed. Oh, really? that's
1: awesome! It's right by Lake Calhoun, mm-hmm. and uh, right on Lake in Hennepin, um, there you know was my shop right on the corner, and it was awesome. And I got to meet Ralph Lauren. Um, he was a customer that, not a customer, but he stopped by and he purchased um, uh, some juices with his wife when he was visiting his architect, which was in my building, and to make a I long I picture story. him like
2: rolling up with like, a,
1: you know, the sweater tied around his <laughs> neck <Yeah>. and like. <laughs> a know, pastel polo yeah. on. He was definitely, you know, <laughs> prepped out, right? And so, so he asked me, he said, hey, can you open one of these, but all organic? And I was like, I think so. And he said, I want you to do that for me in South Beach. So I opened up um, a juice bar in his polo sport, massive polo sports store, uh, right in South Beach. It was one street off, I think it was Collins, one street off the, the beach. The, the street of the beach and um, and it was a really cool experience and then I ended up going to a bunch of um, health clubs which later became lifetime uh, fitness and so the lifetime fitness cafes um, evolved from my concept um, that was a project a special request from Ralph yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so so that was that was really fun and that was a really successful business and then I decided to get into wholesale juices and Launched a pomegranate juice and I was in 50,000 supermarkets Uh, then 2008 hit I could have sold my company for 20 million dollars. I was like no I want to make 30 and then (laughs) then Um, the rest is history you know what I mean like it went away or what yeah just kind of phased out. We ended up selling the brand um, but not for what we wanted people were not interested in buying a $4 organic juice in 2009. You know, it was it was really tough, and supermarkets just stopped buying it, and and all that. So so I had my ups and downs, you know. And um, uh, Jamba Juice ended up taking over some of our stores in Minneapolis when mm-hmm. I decided to shift to wholesale juices and stuff like that. So so I I had uh, some great experiences, and then and then some you know some experiences that didn't go so well. But I feel like all those experiences put together have helped me become i am today yeah.
0: and well, it, give, yeah. it gives you a different perspective on life right for it sure gives you a different perspective especially on this opportunity as well where and and you tell me but i've always felt like this opportunity is the perfect blend of having that entrepreneurial feel as a dm or even a rep and still having kind of the safety net of a big company behind you mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's a good, oh. it's a good blend that's what I love about this company is I don't have to go to board meetings
1: I don't have to look over financials I don't have to raise money I don't have to do all the things that I'm not so good at mm-hmm. and I could focus on what I'm good at which is getting in front of people and making things happen you know what I mean and that's what I love and that's why um, I'm having success in this job because I'm focused um, I'm not thinking about anything else I'm focused on the job and um and i focus on customers and that's what i love working with reps
2: uh, what what advice would you give because your story is in reverse (coughs) of what people think they want a lot of people come here and they're like i'm gonna do this job so that i could go start my own business and to like adam's point in a lot of ways this is that opportunity with some of the safety nets but what Given your experience, what would you say to somebody that's working here saying, hey, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to take all this money and I'm going to go start my own business? Because for some people, that's the right path. And for some people, they may not know what that path actually looks like.
1: I mean, the first thing I would say is, is, um, you know, I would never tell somebody not to follow their dreams, but be really smart about it. Talk to some entrepreneurs who have been there um, because it's definitely harder than they think. It's one of the hardest things you could possibly do. And if you do that, um, like people make, a lot of our, um, our reps make a ton of money in this job. And if they go and then go start some kind of shop, an ice cream shop or something, unless they did their homework or unless they really um, thought it through or have the right financial backing, they could lose everything that they gained. And so to me, I, I think this is the best job in the world. My biggest regret is not starting this job 10 years earlier. Like not starting door to door ten years earlier, or not starting a Vivint Solar, you know, in 2012 or 13, or I think it started in 2011, right? And so, my biggest regret is not being there and waiting till 2015. But but everything happens for a reason, and and I don't regret anything, but I wish I would have started sooner because this not, is amazing.
2: You may not have attacked it the same way, right? Like Maybe not. That life yeah. Experience. It's almost like. I was thinking it's like you kind of got a chance to 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 live like you were dying a little bit yeah, like true. it's like I've had all these experiences and now I know what else is out there and I know how hard it is to come across. That's the thing is it's like the type of earning potential for those that are willing to go out there and face rejection and you know persuade and convince and build a community of like solar customers for those people the earning potential that money is hard to mm-hmm. come by and i personally man i don't know if you feel the same way guys or adam but I, I you know the first couple years of my career i said similar things i was already here but i said you know i wish that i had seen the opportunity i wish i had a more broad vision earlier mm-hmm. because it it kind of slowed me down but now i look at it and i'm like man what else would we do what where else are you going to have an opportunity like they're hard to come by yeah, you know what I
1: mean. They're hard to find. And I'm I'm grateful every day that I've i found it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I, I was an entrepreneur for 24 years, and and you this is that itch, huh? this is the <laughs> best job I've ever had. I've never made more money in a year, um, in than I have in this job. With all those 24 years as an entrepreneur, really, not even one the best year, years, even the best years, I never made more than what I've made in the last three years in this job. Mm. So, it's, it's
0: amazing. Something yeah. I'm always impressed with by you, Terry, is every time um, there's an event, you always make a point of just coming and saying hi. And I don't know if that's something that is just sort of in your nature, or, and you're always in a good mood, you're always happy. It's like, I always tell my kids, like, be a fountain, not a drain. Yeah. And I just feel like you have this fountain of energy that comes off you, and... I always really appreciate that you make a point of coming over and saying hi and asking how things are going and asking how the family's doing, that kind of thing. Is that something that you consciously make an effort to do or is that just kind of who you are? Yeah, I think it's subconscious because um, I love people
1: and I've always done that my whole life. I grew up in New York City and um, you know, until I was eight but I used to go up to people when I was three years old, four years old and talk to people um you know and and um i've always been that way so i think i think growing up in new york and being exposed to all those people my grandma used to send me to the grocery store when i was five years old i'd had to walk three blocks and fight through you know people that you know gangs and stuff i mean it was crazy like even as a five-year-old people wanted to beat you up if you crossed their path and you know and, and all that and and i just but i i just learned how to deal with people and and um I just love people. So the way I see it is every time I go to a trip where there's people that I don't get to work with or see on, a, like you and Ty, um, that's my chance to get to see you and talk to you and, and all that. And so so it's I just love those trips because I get to meet all these people. Um, we got to meet a bunch of East Coast people for one day in New Zealand. And that was amazing. Like I love George Barry, you know, for example, and talking to him and... And I got to meet some other people I never met before, but I've seen on videos, um, you know, and like the women of VSLR video, that was really cool to mm. see um, some of those people there and and all that, so I don't know. When you when yeah. you came into to direct
2: sales, was it ever hard for you? Um, I think we're evolving now and we're becoming more diverse as far as people from all walks of life, people from all ages, men, women, different people in leadership. But when we started out, we were pretty much a bunch of former alarm Reps, so we were yeah. young kind of adults, mostly men, yeah. that had a background in direct sales. Um, given your background, where you've opened stores, you've traveled the world, you've 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 been in those meetings that you're grateful that you no longer have to be a part of. Was it hard for you? Did it feel like um, kind of like you had to swallow your pride and come in and work for these guys that are younger than you, that have less life experience than you, and selling a product door to door? Was there any kind of like? dissonance or any kind of like
0: this is a tough pill to swallow eye eye roll
1: you know as far as um as far as working with people younger than me um never once have i because everyone's younger than me all my leaders are all younger than me i'm the same age as bywater i I think i might be like a couple months older than him i'm not sure (laughs) but but um so i don't i've never once thought that because um the way i see it is it's, it's based on years of experience and what you've done in the past in this job, what I've done in other jobs will help me with this job, but doesn't mean that I'm entitled to anything in this job. And so, for example, if I be, if I was a DM for the rest of my career, I wouldn't care. Like that would be amazing. Like I, you know, it's, it's uh, I have no problems. I love, I love working with Ty Mick. I've been with Ty Mick now for four years. Um, and, um, you know Nick Hansen initially and Jordan Williams and all those guys. I love working with them. They're all way younger than me. You know what I mean? I've got a kid that's 27 and my co DM is 28. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so, so it's and, and I and I don't know how old Jake Boyce is, but I think he's he must be younger. You know, and and all that younger than my daughter. You know, and so so I've never once thought that, um, which is cool because uh, I'm glad that I'm not that way um but as far as knocking doors that was the hardest thing i ever had to do because truthfully um when i was in jersey in my first six months i did ask for a block because everybody looked down on me because i was in the power channel we were the people doing the kiosks and uh, and i used to go to the meetings um with an uh, nj3 you know south jersey um and um rico and jermaine were the DMs at the time in 2015. So I asked them for some hood. Because I used to go to their meetings and they're like, ah, what Terry does, doesn't matter. And so so I was like, just give me something. They gave me a block and a half. And I ended up like getting- row
2: homes that are like, <laughs> see if anyone qualifies yeah, down there. <laughs> I ended
1: up getting uh, three installs from that night. Um, I got four ACs, um, three installs resulted from that night, including my first install of Reviv and Solar from knocking. Um, now, I was on a mission and and I was just gonna knock every door and I was there from like 10 a.m. until, you know, probably 9 p.m. Um, but I knew it was possible. That wasn't what I was hired to do, but I just wanted to prove them that I could do what they do. And um, and so when the time came to finally knock again, which was which I didn't even knock a door after that until 2017, February 2017, when I, when I went to Stockton. So when things kind of changed in Utah a little bit and a lot of people moved to California, I decided, a couple people moved to Massachusetts. Um, I decided uh, to go to California and um, I uh, was asked to come join the Stockton office, which was amazing. And that was the first time I ever knocked doors, February of 2017, and I was a DM who never knocked doors before really like, except for that one time in Jersey, uh, which was kind of a fluke, but it was cool. And, and I decided that I need to do this. I need to do it well. So I was, I had an alarm go off. I was starting when there weren't uh, correlation meetings, I was starting at 10 AM, I was going to seven. It was really hard. I wasn't getting into doors um, unless I talked to about 20 people and then it ended up being 12 people. And it just kept getting better. Now I feel like I'm an experienced door knocker, but it was something I had to learn and I didn't tell anybody and no, and I don't think a lot of people believe that I could do it because most people knew I wasn't a door knocker, but I did. And And my goal was to be consistently at least an all American, uh, which, um, I've been an all American for the last three and a half years. One time I was an all-star and it was when I, when I uh, moved to, um, Santa Rosa my first quarter, mm-hmm. um, it was a big transition and and all that. So my goal was just to make sure, because you got to lead from the front in this job, if you want to be a leader, um, because you can be, you're replaceable. And I wanted people to respect me. I wanted to be able to have some influence. I wanted to be able to positively affect my reps in Stockton. And so, so that's kind of how that happened. So when I was in Utah as a DM for two years, never knocked one door. I had so many referrals I didn't even have time to knock so you're from there. That's like yeah, you're I was doing. from there, and I already had about twenty thirty installs, and I was really good with referrals because I take care of customers, and so they normally give me three four or five referrals each yeah so that's what i that's what I did
0: how did you um so you went from music industry smoothie industry mm-hmm. you put the music industry out of business in Utah you I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but um, how did you get involved in Vivent Solar in the first place? I mean, never having knocked a door, never yeah. having done any sort of direct sales. How did you? How do you find your way here?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, so my neighbors um, are Troy Gokritz and uh, Jeff Mendez. Like, they live within uh, two blocks from me. Okay. And I've always, you know, saw Troy going out every summer and. And I know he ended up the, in another for, company.
0: For everybody listening, Jeff and Troy were a long time Vivint Smart Home yeah. uh, leadership over there. So you, exactly. you were aware of these guys. Yeah,
1: I saw what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I was aware. And, and uh, one day I, I talked to Jeff Mendez and I said, hey, tell me about Vivint. Because I was, I was actually running a soccer club at this point. I was doing that for about two years, um, mostly as a volunteer because there isn't much money in it. I, it, it ended up being by accident. I ended up I was coaching a team, and person running it ended up uh, falling through, and I didn't want to let the parents down, so I ended up running a club, which was crazy, you know. And and so I was like, you know, I'm gonna go bankrupt if I keep doing this um, because I didn't have um, income, you know, and I was using all my savings and stuff like that, and I was doing some some little consulting jobs here and there. Um, for a waffle company, but that's another story, but that's what, what was... Stroop a, waffles? A stroopwafel? waffle, you know, like the Dutch waffles?
0: Those are my favorite yeah, snack yeah. ever. Yeah, like I think that's waffle? how you say it, but...
1: You're a waffle consultant? So I I helped, yeah, <laughs> I, I helped this stroopwafel company... Fun fact. Go into... <laughs> I'm a, sort uh, of an like, expert on yeah, raffles, yeah. Because I had experience with supermarkets, I helped them get into Whole Foods, I helped them yeah, get Trader into... Trader Joe's, those things. Not Trader, Trader Joe's, but uh, we oh got them into Harmon's in Utah, which is a really gourmet chain sounds like i need to Dangerous. today. Yeah. maybe i have you'll they're eat, amazing you'll eat
0: the entire bag yeah united
1: airlines same. passes them out i had one today yeah, yeah
2: so and they they've made them like um it's at like, like races and stuff they have like ones for like yeah fuel. they're like, like caramel and yeah, they're yeah. All, yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking yeah,
1: about yeah and so it's a it's a really big dutch tradition in fact when the when the new king became crowned there's a there's a tradition where he does something with the stroopwafel takes a bite or cracks it or something i don't know but but it, it was Sprinkles a big deal. It on the posterity yeah. Of the land. So that's the only thing I was doing for income, um, and and I, I talked to Jeff. I was like, Jeff, I need to do something. I, I need, uh, you know, and he started telling me about Stroop smart Waffle home consulting.
0: <laughs> <paying> I, <laughs> I know.
1: I know. <laughs> I wasn't paying the bills, and, it's and so it's a fairly, it's fairly a, small know, market.
2: It's a passion project.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so basically, um, you know, Jeff said you should come work for Vivint. And I, I wasn't too intrigued about the smart home side. I just felt like at my age, um, getting people to do alarms, I don't know, like I didn't like that uh, idea. And he said, well, we do have a solar division. And so he, um, he talked to me about solar. And then he put me in touch with, um, he said, I want you to talk to my buddy, Mark Toon. So that was the life changing phone call. <clears throat> so he talked to me for two hours sorry guys That's okay i love mark <clears throat> talked to me for two hours and and he convinced me that this was the best job on earth and if you want to make life-changing money um come to vivant and and i hung up with him and i got on the phone jeff only like, jeff i'm doing this he goes, OK, cool. So then next thing you know, Jeremy Long calls me. He happens to be in Utah. And so I meet with him the next day in Chance's office. And so he um, he, he uh, you know, he was talking to me. And he didn't think I was cut out for door to door. He told me that. He's like, well, we got this door to door division. And you don't have any experience in it. I brought my resume, right? Like 24 years of entrepreneurial stuff. Nothing with door to door. He probably was trying to help me out. but there was a power you know a power channel the non-door knockers the guys that do the trade shows and there were some kiosks things like that and it was established already in massachusetts and new york and um california like different divisions throughout california utah but jersey didn't have somebody so so they needed somebody in jersey and jeremy long was at the time the vp of first which covered the whole east coast and so he um, he said, I think that you'd be the right guy with your experience to run, to open up and run our power channel in New Jersey. You'll be the first hire there and um, and we'll help you recruit and you need to build a team and just make it grow. And I was like, that sounds good. I'll, at this point, I'll do whatever, you know. And, and it sounded like more of my cup of tea anyways, um, from what he was saying, you know, and... And so then um, he said, What are you doing tomorrow? And I said, uh, Well, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go to Philly tomorrow. I want you to fly to Philly on your own dime. <laughs> and now that I hear people getting flown sometimes, like every year, I'm like, I got the chef. Hey, next time you no fly to man. Philly <laughs> for no women's solar,
2: it's on us, dude. Yeah. Next Jeremy show. did you a favor. Though. He did me
1: a favor. Like, it was, that's why I can't complain. So, so, he, um, so I had some award miles and I flew out to Philly. And I spent, he said he wanted me to spend a week with Nick Hansen. Just so happened that Nick's wife and family were in Utah. So I was in Nick's house, just him and I. He had an extra car. He let me use it. He took me around to all the offices in New Jersey, about seven of them, right, at the time. And um, and I, I got to see just different different people, Brandon Seidel and all the, Anthony Monica, all these guys, you know, Rico and and got to um, Corey Torgerson, like, I got to see all these people and got, got to go to their correlations, and, and I went um, knocking with, with Jermaine Olsen and Ant, uh, Ryan Antoinik, uh the Canadian, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I, remember, I remember that about him, and it was awesome. And so I was like, I, I really, you know, the one thing I noticed is the people that I could see that are having success in this job, I could tell are hard workers. And so the one, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, the key to this job is working hard. Like, and I work hard. So I was like, I might not have any of this solar experience or anything, but I knew that if I work hard, that I could succeed in this job. And so I knew that everything would fall into place because the work ethic is something that nobody can take away from me. Like, I'm always going to work hard. I used to work 12-hour days. You don't have to do that in this job, even if you want to. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like. So, so basically, um, when, I, uh, when I was done with that week, uh, Nick Hansen said, okay, I want you to think about something. We're going to meet tomorrow morning um, over breakfast. Um, okay. I will hire you if you're going to be all in with this job. 100% all in. Like he, he even had a saying all in, like people mm-hmm. would use the A-L-L-I-N apostrophe, right? And, and so he was all about being all in and he... He challenged me to be all in and so he said, Don't tell me now, tell me in the morning. So I woke up in the morning, we had breakfast, and it was the day that I was going back to Utah and um and I said I said, Nick, I want this job and I'll be all in. And and from that day forward, um I've been all in, one hundred percent. And everyone knows it. Even Bywater knows it. Yeah. You know, because um it's just you know, I love this job, I love this company, I love everybody. I love you guys, I love all the people involved. I love the people at corporate, you know what I mean? The CAD people and everything, and, and I treat them really well because we're all a team, you know? And so, so like I keep saying, it's it's the best job I've ever had, best decision I've ever made for a job. Um, I'm so happy.
0: You one thing i'm interested in is you you know you initially moved out to jersey to go be a part of a channel that Mm -hmm. currently don't uh no longer exists right so you moved out to jersey then we brought you back to utah Mm -hmm. to do the same thing same channel then that channel gets cut Yep. now you're faced with another decision to go be in the field you end up going out to california so you've you've had plenty of like turbulent waters that you've navigated Um, what's given you the perspective of just kind of rolling with the punches on that kind of stuff? Because I feel like a lot of guys, like, a wrench gets thrown into their life, and they kind of panic, and they, like, start making, you know, rash decisions, or they don't step back and kind of look at it as a whole. So um, I guess does that just come from your experience, your life experiences, or where do you feel like you have this ability to kind of just relax look around. It's like Jocko says, right? When the, the storm comes, it's like, relax, look around and then make a make decision. Call, yeah. So where does that come from?
1: Well, the first thing is I, I made a promise to Nick Hansen. I was going to be all in. When everybody was bolting to the competitor who had that same division to work in Home Depots and things like that, um, I, I made a decision and I said, I'm not doing that. And I think uh, that I'm the only person out of around 300 nationwide that that is still with door-to-door from that group, mm. um, from what I from what I know. And so um, I just decided that I need to stay put. Um, you know, I, I've had some neighbors who ended up working for competitors, and they were big recruiters for them. You know, and, and um, like Troy Gokritz, who works for us now, but at the time he was a thorn right in our side and and um and he was recruiting me he's a great recruiter and and i just stayed put um i looked at different things and all that but i just stayed put and and it's gotten to the point that since 2016 i haven't even looked elsewhere um i haven't anytime somebody talks to me or texts me or sends me a linkedin message i just ignore them um and i just keep going because I just feel like I'm gonna have the best success if I just stick with this company. And it was a great choice. Look at us now, right? Well that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. You
2: when you say I haven't looked elsewhere, you haven't had time. Yeah. You've been an all American every quarter mm-hmm. except for one where you were an all star and you switched markets. Yeah. Like that I I commend you on that. I think, you know, we're talking about it as if it's um, you know, it's something that has you know, it was like a hard decision to make, but the benefits that have come from you just staying the course and keeping going, I mean, you have a legacy, right? I mean, you're you are a franchise, you're one of the top producing reps in the top producing company in the whole solar industry, right? And that came from consistently. I also think, um, you kind of already spoke to this, but you're, you know, they, they often say that you you attract sales, you don't make them, you attract money, you don't make it. You're this this kind of like undercurrent of gratitude of saying I love this job. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love CAD. I mm-hmm. love everybody That's what people want to be around right and Adam and I were starting or we're talking before the podcast started that we We're managing through a couple issues right now just personnel things and that's often not the case You know, but it's you should hang your hat on that because when when your reputation now in solar because it's a year-round thing You develop a reputation, right? Yeah. And your reputation is one of being committed of being productive regardless of turbulent waters like Adam said and Also being committed and grateful, but the opportunities flow to people like that, right? You know, yeah, you sure. don't you don't necessarily do it to be just an all-in guy and you can count on me It's strategic like it, it works really well, and I think it allows you to live your life
1: in gratitude and abundance rather than frustration and entitlement. Oh for sure and everyone I know that has left our company and the great thing about our company uh, the great thing about you guys and chance and um, and the other vps um, is that we'll always welcome back people that leave right always I, I I always see it and every single person that I've talked to that has left has regretted it and they wish that they didn't because they lost some momentum you know they they could have had more installs now or they could have been um you know uh, a stronger leader you know or you know things like that and so so everyone that I've talked to uh that has left and come back regretted and and I'm glad that I haven't done that um I'm glad that those people are back with us um because sometimes you just need to go out and see it I mean Colt Reed for example I saw him I didn't recognize him he's he's like this little skinny dude now yeah I saw my corporate the other day I was like what is going on like is that his little brother and and he left for a while and he came back you know and and I know he's not in sales but he's an amazing uh, leader in this company and has done great things for us and is doing great things for us now and and um, and he thought that he was gonna be in a better situation and it turns out that you know nothing's better
0: than moving solar <laughs> yeah. we're you know? it's it's interesting how much people don't understand the environment you work in matters and I think a lot of people, they might see uh, you know, a shiny object and like, it distracts them from what they're doing and they wanna go scratch that itch or whatever, but they don't understand how much the environment, like if they were really successful with us, they don't understand how much all the little things that the company does with the league, League Live, their management, all the incentives that we run, just all those little things are factoring into their success, right? Yeah. And it always dri- kind of drives me crazy when I hear guys go like, hey man, like I did this on my own. I'm like, did you? Because you have this incredible platform mm-hmm. to operate with us and we spend millions of dollars yep. creating an environment that cultivates success, right? So I think um, for someone like you that clearly has that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit, and could easily go out and try to do your own thing or just whatever, um, to be able to recognize the the influence that your environment has, I think is really special. But like you've said, it's taken you years and years of experiences to sort of get to that point where you can recognize it and then also just be content and happy with it, right? Yeah. So, were, were um, you
2: competitive growing up? Because I know, like, what was the name of the academy you went to for tennis? Nick Balliteri. Nick Baltieri. What? Yeah. yeah, dude, we're just starting. That's not like Nick just your average, that's, right. th-
0: that's the most famous tennis academy yeah. in the yeah, a dude, world.
2: Yeah, a dude named Andre used to play with Terry. Yeah, I was a...
0: Uh, no, a I, guy I, named everybody goes yeah. to Boletari's academy. Yeah,
1: I was a Boletari kid, what they called. I, I ended up, you know, in case you're, you know, you're probably wondering, like, what happened to that guy, right? Because everybody else turned pro. Um, <laughs> I ended up breaking my, my neck in college, and I was on my way to turn pro. And um, and so my life kind of so changed. That was your whole life. Like that was my like, whole life. Wait, yeah.
0: how old were you when you started playing tennis?
1: Um, well, I started late when we we moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, when I was twelve from Brazil, because so I, w- I was in Brazil for four years after New York, and so we moved. Um, and there was a tennis club um, a few blocks away from my house in Pembroke Lakes, Florida, which is um, in the Hollywood Fort Lauderdale area. And so there happened to be this guy that just retired from the tour that was a tennis coach there or a, ten, um, and a tennis pro. And so I asked my dad if I could take tennis lessons. And that's when I found out about this guy, Mark uh, Wilson. And so he, um, he, basically, he was, uh, Mark Wilson's also a quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, but it's not the same guy. So he uh, was my, um, I think he was the 200th ranked person in the world uh, when he retired, but he was in the top 50. And he trained me and I fast tracked and Next thing you know, um, I'm playing state and winning state tournaments and things like that and ended up getting accepted to the Balletary Academy. My roommate was Jim Courier. Agassi lived next door. Uh, that's when Capriati was first getting started. It was in 85 and 86 that I was there. It, it was a good time. And that's
2: a live-in place. Like You go yeah, there, you, you sleep. It's, it's like a boarding campus, school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I got to see my family like three times a year.
0: And, um, so you're rooming with Jim Courier. Uh-huh. Best redhead, oh Boris yeah. Becker and Courier, two best redheads. Yeah, Ty to ever yeah. play tennis. I should know about them. You should know yeah. that Rare for breeds. sure. Courier's amazing. And then you're you're playing with Agassi. Yep. So I played then, all
1: these guys in tournaments. And really? Yeah. So one thing that I think Ty's leading to is um, he he kind of knows the story. So so some people have said that I've beat Agassi. Well, there's a story behind it. He beat me seven times in a row in tournaments over the course of a year. I was so frustrated, you know, and, and I, you know, and, and I knew that in order, I wanted to beat him. We were juniors at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were on the pro tour and I beat him, You're right? 15, but, but still, he's a top tennis player, junior tennis player in the world, Okay, right? And so I, um, my goal was to beat him. So I ended up training for about three hours a day longer than him. And we were already training for six and a half hours a day. Uh, on Saturdays, unless we were at a tournament, we had off, so everybody would go to the beach or go to concerts. The buses would take us on chaperoned um, you know, visits to those places. But I stayed at the academy. Um, I worked with the pros. Um, I got my dad to uh, pay um, some more money so I could pay the pros um, you know, on their off time. And, and I, I was on a mission to, to get better, and my goal was to beat Agassiz at least once. I beat him the last two times we played. So I could say I beat Agassi, but you know, um, two out of nine times is, is clearly failing, but that's not the point. The point is that I finally beat him, and that was my goal. And, and I think that I, I translate that work ethic um, to this job um, because I think that anything's possible. When you really want something, you can make it happen, but you have to put in the effort. You have to put in the time. And sometimes you have to put in extra time. Um, it's just not going to happen. So for me, it wasn't going to happen unless I did something more than him. I had to work harder than him. I had to work longer. And it took about six months for me to finally beat him after that. Um, so oh,
2: cool. I, uh, and now he's always texting Terry, like, let me get that rematch. And Terry's yeah. like, nah, man, I'm, and, uh, I'm, I'm busy. Stray.
1: I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you read his thing. book? Yeah. Oh yeah. The book's that, awesome. that book's great. one of my favorite yeah. books.
2: Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. Um, The thing I identify with, with your story, and even as you recount that, is you're probably much different as a 15-year-old with a life mission to beat Andre Agassi in tennis, right? You're probably a lot more angsty, a lot more outwardly competitive. Now I see you as someone that's very experienced. You have a quiet mind. Yeah. But the determination is still there. It's just matured. Yeah. Um, The interesting thing is I find a lot of people that do well at this. They're not the ones that are always in your face that are just this burst of raw, mm-hmm. competitive, snap your back emotion. Like that's Dave Madsen. Y- well, da- but even Dave. Dave has a very intense, but quiet and consistent revolve. Dave won't overwhelm you. He'll impress you every single time you watch yeah. him, but he doesn't need to show off. That's not how yeah, Richard Yeah, he lives. doesn't. Richard that's Howls, what I'm saying. Richard the same way. There's a lot of Yeah, he's really low on the same Yeah, like, yep. and I think that. And maybe talk about how your ambition and competitive nature has evolved. Because it seems like you hold yourself to a really high standard, but you're not a barking dog. You're not someone that texts me and is like, hey, watch out. Yeah. This
1: is going to be my quarter. But you're always there. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so my goal is I'm going to do what I'm going to do, right? And so I have certain goals um, and personal goals and team goals. And my goal is to hit that. If somebody beats me, I don't care. I really don't. Um, like for example, I, I don't often win these competitions and all that because I'm just doing my thing and I'm doing it consistently and I'm just going to achieve my goals. So if my goal is to hit all American, it's all American this year, this quarter, of course, it's to hit franchise, um, because I'm so close. I just had a strong fourth quarter, a strong December that carried over because they changed the rules and now it's about installs. And when you have a lot of permits one month, you're going to have a lot of installs the next month. So it just worked out in my favor. Um, but my point is that if somebody in my office, like Jake Boyce or Justin Agee, if, if they beat me, I'm gonna hug them. I, I'm not gonna care, I'm not gonna feel bad, as long as I did what I was supposed to do. So if I hit my goal, if somebody beats me, I love them for it. You know what I mean? That's amazing. So, so I'm competitive as far as um, need, you know wanting to reach goals because I know if I hit goals, I have goals, I break them down, right? Because it's the league trip is the ultimate goal, and then you got to break them down every month, and then every week, and every day, and so, so I just want to hit my goals every month, every quarter, in order to reach that ultimate goal, taking my wife to an amazing country with Vivin Solar, and get to rub shoulders with you guys and Bywater and Chance and Paul, you know, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. Like it's not a big deal to you guys, but it's a big deal to people like us. You know what I'm saying? And so. Um, so that's, that's basically what I do. So to answer your question, I am competitive, but, but I don't care about beating people anymore. Like that, that um, you know, situation when I was 16 and 17, uh, when I was at the Boletarian Academy, that was different. You know? and, and, but I've matured a lot. I'm 51. I'm a grandpa. Um, I just want to hit my number. That's what I want to do. And I hope that people beat me. Um, if I hit my number, you know what I mean.
2: That's that's great advice, and that's a great mentality. I, I Again, I think it's what lends to consistent success. Yep. So, uh, well, Terry, thank you for sharing with us. We need to have a part two where you give us more just tales from the road <laughs> because there's there's mm-hmm. tons of them, man. We've unearthed some, but I there's feel still like there's some at least there.
0: six more places he's lived we haven't heard about yet. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Buckle up,
2: but. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your example. I appreciate your gratitude. You know, you really embody what the company is about and um, stories like yours. I hope there's a hundred people listening that go on and and do the same thing. So go forth and keep
1: conquering, brother. Thanks, Ty and Adam. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Ty.
2: If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams,
0: check us out at viventsolarcom forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating.
2: Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.